three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Eric. How's it going? Going well yourself? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little down. My Celtics lost last night, but I'm, I'm all right. Oh, no. What What's the series on right now? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Okay. I mean, you can still pull it off. At least two more games to be played. Yep. Three at the very most. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. But um, I always like to start the podcast with this question. Who do you say you are? Um, I'm Eric Jones, Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart. Mm. And where do you come from? Um, Michigan City, Indiana. Um, I guess you would say it's, it's a small urban town. Gotcha. You grew up there for the most part, or have you been able to I move? There in, so I grew up as a kid until 18 in Michigan City. And then I went to college, and then as an adult, I've lived in Indianapolis. Okay, gotcha. Is there much difference between the two? Yeah, Indianapolis is a big city. It's uh, Michigan City. Everybody knows everybody. You don't really got to drive to far. Indianapolis, you got to get on the highway, different stuff like that. So it's a bigger city. It's a little more faster than Michigan um, City. Gotcha. Awesome. It, it's funny. I just kind of remembering, reminiscing a little bit that we both met through Breve University. And I was wondering if, like, did you find out about Breve University by Eric Thomas being from Michigan? Or was it just so, online like a lot of people found out? So Michigan City is in Indiana. So it's, it's a, oh, it's a, it's a big difference. But um, <laughs> Shows what I know about the mid the Midwest. Yeah, no, it, people in Indiana don't know that Michigan City is in Indiana, so it's not just gotcha. So it's so basically Michigan City is at the top of Indiana, so you could go 15 minutes up the road and you're in Michigan. So mm-hmm. Michigan is right there. But um, no, I found um, Eric Thomas on Facebook. There was a video the UOU, and he was you know talking, and I'm like, man, it's talking to me and. Uh, so I went and looked him up and I joined his, um, joined Breview. And then he so happened to come into Indianapolis, like maybe two months after I joined. So it was cool. And this is the funny thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to meet ET. Cause you know, you get to meet him afterwards. And I'm like, yeah. all right, what I'm going to say, man, I got to him. He was like, hey, hi, I'm Eric Thomas. I'm like, hi, I'm Eric Jones. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> But then um, when I saw CJ, I talked to CJ and CJ, you know, talked to me, gave me some advice. I actually talked to Toby. This was before Toby was who he is today. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of how it started off, just by by a Facebook video and me going and looking at what they, uh, the service they provided. I joined and that's kind of how I got my start in entrepreneurship and just online community. Gotcha. And that, just that meeting, that interaction with ET is what what really pumped you up to be a, a speaker? No, um, it was before that. It was like, got on a call or something. You know how they ask what you do? And I'm like, I kind of don't really know. (laughs) And I just told my story and they were like, oh, you should be a speaker. And I'm like, speaker? What the heck is a speaker? Like, what are you talking about? And so I had started... Well, I don't think I started speaking. I got into like, you know, what to do and all that stuff. So I met E.T. and well, his conference was here in August. And then by November, I had my first speaking. Oh, wow. You moved quick. Yeah, yeah. I just, 
I just was doing what people told me and I was emailing, I was emailing people. And my first speaking gig actually was someone that knew my ex-wife. It was like somebody, like her mentor. Mm-hmm. So um, I emailed her. I didn't email her because she knew my ex-wife or anything. I just emailing people in the community. And she was like, it was weird that you, you messaged me. I, I didn't know who you were, but I was like, I'm going to give him a shot. And when we got there, she's like, oh, you know, she's like, oh, I know you. I know uh, I know your, uh, your girl at the time. And I'm like, oh, OK. And it had nothing to do with them knowing each other. It was just the lady, you know, gave me a shot. And after that, I started rolling kind of mm. with the speaking thing. I haven't done as much lately mm-hmm. um, due to before COVID. And then I got a divorce. So life kind of, you know, punched me in the face. But now I'm back on it. Gotcha. What What was it like for you starting out once someone kind of gave you the idea? It's like, oh, okay, hey, you can be a speaker. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what the heck I was doing um, because I didn't think my story was cool. I didn't think, you know, me being uh, growing up with a disability, all those different things, it was just normal. But mm-hmm. when after the first speaking engagement, somebody was like, you're inspiring. You, you really help you know, me look at life different. And so <clears throat> I remember I was going to schools. The schools was cool. Though. So my first time going to the school, I was nervous as heck. Like, I didn't know what to do. And I was I came to a point where the kids weren't listening. They kind of mm-hmm. was like, uh, OK, whatever. And I was like, all right, let's go for basketball. It's like, all right, bet. And I was like, OK, I grabbed their attention. And I was like, I know once we get on this basketball court, really gonna grab their attention so mm-hmm. i just improvised and then i just was like yourself and after that all the kids started loving me i remember i went to a community event and this was the first time i like did horrible this is my first um because i judged the kids off of what side of town they were from and when i tell you these kids got my butt they said what why why would you say that and i was like oh my bad and after that I was like okay never talk to kids like in in that certain way or talk down on them or anything of that sort so after that I learned how to really go about speaking from that mistake and after that it was I wouldn't say it was easy I'm still learning I'm learning um now you got to put it into like you got to teach like speaking is kind of teaching so um but at the beginning I just I was rolling I had one bad hiccup and after that I was going to detention centers I was going all to the big schools here um because um, I actually got into the schools from somebody from BU. I still to this day have never met this man a day in my life. <clears throat> and he lives here in Indianapolis. Never met him. We just connected through BU. He was like, yeah, I know this program. He put me in the email, got me in there. I've been in the program speaking ever since. Never met him. Never spoke at the same time. Nothing. So it was basically just having brief university and just knowing people and be able to that's how I got in the door just by that guy like still <laughs> still to this day I speak at that program just from that one person so it, it was a learning lesson definitely because everybody think they can talk or speak but it's a difference when you're trying to go up there and you have a goal to reach mm-hmm. that's awesome it's amazing to to hear that um how you got into speaking and kind of what what the first experience was like like seeing like oh, okay this this doesn't work and then recognizing that like there's a different way to go about it and there's a process that you've got to go you're actually teaching people and then how you do that you can do it properly or you can go about it the wrong way and i was i was asking do you want to shout out the person that helped you through BU that you hadn't been able to meet maybe he'll hear this or i, I can reach out to him and see if we could make a uh a connection that way you guys can actually meet in person uh his name is destry i don't know if brandon is his last name or that was just a thing but destry brandon 
uh, I see him on Facebook. I, I see he has a podcast and he's still speaking and different stuff of that sort. But it was just connecting. And when, I think is when you're in communities, because we've both been in communities and in different communities, it's like when you're connected, people look out for you. And it's, and it's kind of like these people are strangers to you because you never like met them. You might, you know, talk to them online or on the phone, but you don't know and from it, it's strangers going to help you before your family and friends will. Like, they going to help because they gonna, they see something that they see what you see and they think like you. So they're going to be like, oh, let me get this guy a shot rather than your family. I ain't going to say that because uh, me being an a educator throughout my education career the last five years, each time I've got hired at a school is because somebody I knew. But just it's not who you it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that that's so true. That's like so true is who you know, because these people are. I've been helped in so many different ways through community. So, yeah. So if you are not in the community or you don't have a coach or something, get you one because it's very vital to you. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point you make about community because it's um, just even getting back into a community I, I learned about through Brief University, which was the men's prayer line. And being able to go to the men's retreat and connect with brothers face-to-face as well as being able to speak to them weekly over the phone. It's been big because even for me starting the podcast, even having the uh, the podcast name and getting it, getting the website and all that, it was through like putting the idea out there and kind of brainstorming, asking for some feedback. And I got that from the guys on the line and just being able to hear like, hey, like go ahead and check the domain name, make sure that you can secure it and and that type of thing. And just starting something and going with it, not really knowing where exactly it's going to land, but doing my best to just keep keep working at that. So I I, I 100% agree with you. Community is a, a huge, a huge role to play in this. What what has um, the last few years been like for you, like going through the pandemic? Because you, you started speaking beforehand. And then like, how did you have to shift with all the things that that kind of came up in life for you? So um, before the pandemic, a few years before I started working um, in special education. So I was like an assistant. But as I kept going, my responsibility became bigger. So it wasn't like I could always leave. Like my the job before I started just working in the school, I got fired because I was leaving so much because I was speaking. I was getting gigs. And it's like, this is what I want to do. I ain't trying to answer these phones and work here with you people. So I wasn't really and so once I got in school, it was a little, a little difficult to be like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, leaving. So I was speaking here and there. And then, like I mentioned earlier, I got a divorce. So that happened like right before the pandemic. And then schools were kind of like shutting down. I really didn't know how to do the virtual thing, like, you know, get virtual gigs. Um, so I still was getting like emails, like, can you do the virtual? And it was hard because I was working at a school and at the times that they needed, I couldn't do it. So it kind of had to do with my job. And then I didn't speak. Like, I just like, you know how you do something and it's just like, I don't know if this is for me. And it was like, it had to do with getting a divorce. You know how people look at that, you know, how, what happened and just, just me overthinking. And then um, I had the podcast. I have a, a podcast as well. And that kept me rolling with the, the doing the videos and speaking like, you know, social media wise. So I, I once we got to sit at home uh, and didn't get to go anywhere, 
I was doing videos, I was studying, I was I was getting back on that horse. So the pandemic for me was was wonderful. I I, I like I didn't have to deal with people. I had time to myself. Um, I got to work on me. I got to find me. And that's what helped me get back on the horse of wanting to speak again. And then having a podcast because um, the podcast was rolling. But then um, something happened to my co-host. He ended up passing away, got in an accident. So then even with that, I had to rebrand. So I've had to rebrand. So to answer your question, I think I went kind of on a rabbit trail. But to answer it, I had to rebrand myself a couple of times and find out who I was to get like during the pandemic. And once I did that it was like all right i know who i am and even to this day i still kind of rebranded who i was speaking wise because i was like i don't know i don't want to you know it's, it's hard because it's a, a million people out here oh i'm a motivational speaker or i speak on this and it's like you don't ever want to i don't ever want to be compared to nobody else i don't care how great i am i don't want them to be like oh he sound like him, him. and i was like no i gotta figure out me so that's kind of like how the pandemic helped me um to get back on that horse and even signing up for a couple speaking gotcha hope the internet's still holding up but yeah I like that. And I, I did see you started a podcast. Did you start it? You said you you did it pre-pandemic, not because of the pandemic. No, it was pre-pandemic. So um, so what it was, I started, um, I had one when I started speaking. Now I'm, you know, motivation. I'm like, okay, no, this isn't me. I cuss a little bit. I'm funny. Like, I, I'm like, let me be myself. So I named it. It's a Jones thing me mm. um and it was just me and then i started interviewing people and then i was like i like this but then i got a co-host i got well one main co-host and then i had two other ones and we were rolling we had we had a meeting this is the craziest thing we had a, a meeting a great meeting what we want to do because we were changing the name because it was a jones thing but i've been here let's change it let's do this do that and the co-host died that Monday, we had that, uh, we recorded that Thursday and she passed away that, but she didn't pass away right away. But basically she did. She got hit by a car and she was brain dead. It just basically, you know, it just took a long time to see if she was going to come back around. But um, after that, I was waiting, like I, I, I was waiting for the other, cause the other girl was her um, best cousin. So this is all right after, the, well, I started like, I rebranded right before the pandemic. So then I was doing like people I knew and then I started doing virtual um, interviews. And then and, um, once that happened, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I liked having a co-host. Um, but they didn't want to do it. And it wasn't that they gave up or anything. They just didn't have the same love, which I understood. I was like, let me start it, start, start over. And I was like, I like interviewing people and I named it Underdog Talk. And so that's kind of goes along with me. So it was a process. It was a process like with the podcast because for months I didn't do it. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself because I've been doing it for the last X amount of years uh, or even doing radio, I had a radio show. So it was like, it was a pause. Um, and then it was like, all right, let's get back on this horse. And I think sometimes before you go, people, we we go through a pause. We go through, I'm stuck. We go through, oh, what am I supposed to do? Sometimes you just got to sit back, relax, write down the, the good things, the bad things, and be like, okay, the good outweighs the bad. Let me figure out why this isn't working and make the adjustments so you can get back on that horse. And that's basically all I did was make the adjustments through the pandemic, through a co-host passing away, just kept making the adjustments. And that's kind of how I've been my whole life. Just make the adjustments. That's dope, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. That, like, it's, it's no kidding. I mean, there, there's, um, there's always 
a reason. There's always an out presented to you, so to speak, but I'm glad you're able to rebrand and making it fit not only to yourself, but to the guests that you're able to have on and to find another way, whether it's through podcasting or through speaking. Um, What's speaking like now for you? Are you back in schools? Are you still doing detention centers? Um, No, with the detention center, they kind of almost like shut that down. Mm. And so you have to, it's a little, it's a little hard because I have my son um, on weekends um, and then he's about to start a sport. So I kind of devoted the weekends to kind of helping him with sports and I haven't really reached back out to the detention center, but with the schools. So um, this week I just found out I'm um, working. I'll start at a new school, um, a new, it's an elementary school and then it's a high school tie and it's a lot of opportunities. So I'm going to utilize being at that school for the speaking and then reach back out to the people um, that um, I spoke with or spoke at their school before. So right now, I know I got to hurry it up because you got to, in certain ways you got to do with school and the budgets and all that stuff. But um, I'm coming up with a keynote and and coming up kind of with a curriculum. And I think I'm going to do an ebook too. Like I know the things that I need to do. So th- these things I'm kind of working on behind the scenes. So th- when that opportunity comes, um, I can be a paid speaker because I know what it's like to speak for free. And that's cool. You get the footage and all that, but I'm ready to get paid. Um, so it's really being strategic. You were talking about the process of getting back into the schools and knowing what it is that you want to happen, I guess, to have either multiple streams of income or just putting together projects to help you um, kind of launch the next phase. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because just whatever you're doing, if it's podcasting, if it's speaking, if it's sports, whatever it is, you got to study. And when you study people that's doing it, you see, oh, okay, they got conferences. Oh, they got an ebook. Oh, they got this. They got a course. They got that. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be God have to really directly talk to me about uh, coaching, but I don't know about that. But just the speaking part of it, yeah, I know things that you got to have together because it's not. So a difference between somebody that's going up there and doing a rah, rah, rah motivation. That's cool. They don't call you back. But when you go up there and you're a speaker, they call you back. You got a program where it might be four weeks, eight weeks, whatever. And now you're getting results. Now kids, uh, the school is seeing, oh, he came in and he spoke. And now our percentage of kids graduating went higher or the kids um, getting bullied then went down. So it's about getting results. So you got to have something to get results. You can't just go in there and say, hey, I speak. And they're like, okay, that's cool. You can come in um, at the end of the year and speak to the kid. But when you have something that is tangible and adding value, you're going to get brought back and brought back and they're going to tell other schools. And that's how you get the contracts, different stuff. That That makes sense. I I guess going through um, what you've had to go through, have, have you been able to build back a team to help you in the background do those things that you want to um, develop. Yeah, me, myself, and I. <laughs> that's that's been my team. Gotcha. Uh, but no, I'm um, I'm looking to see what coach, what um, speaking coach, because I, I want to devote it to speaking. I like I know the you know you you get into certain stuff and you're like oh I want to be an entrepreneur. Da, da, da. It's like no, I want to speak and I want to be very good at it. So this is like 
I've talked to a couple of people here lately and it's just about getting the money to do it because it's not cheap. Uh, I wish I would have done all this stuff when the prices, prices was low. Um, but, you know, it's all about the sacrifice. It's all about the discipline of not having maybe the X amount of dollars, but get or saving up or understanding, okay, I need a budget or whatever the case. But for now, it's, it's been me. It is, it's been me with the podcast. I have a clothing line too. It's been me. Like, I definitely ask people and get advice and, you know, hey, does this look right or whatever? So I do have a couple of people that help, but I do all the work. So it's just been me. Gotcha. And is that one of your uh, one of your shirts you're wearing, dope ass person? Yeah, and it's uh, my my co-host Crystal uh, that passed away. She came up with. She was like, "I'm I'm a dope ass person." One day, me and her talking, and I was like, "Ooh, dap!" And I I made like two or three shirts. Um, and I just I was I wanted to wear a shirt of my brand, and I couldn't. I ain't gonna lie. I woke up at like seven something, and I looked over and I told my son, I said, "Hey, wake me up at eight ten, or make sure that I'm up <laughs> at eight ten so I can get it." And I couldn't find, so I just grabbed this shirt. Yeah, I'm, gotcha. I mean, I'm a dope. I'm a dope ass person, and everybody is is a dope person. And so that's just that's kind of the things that I um I come up with different sayings. Um, like I have one um that I really love. It's a lovable asshole because a lot of people are like what how can you be a lovable asshole because i think people i think people don't understand like you can a hole sometimes just a person that says what everybody doesn't want to say or they say what you need to hear and you take it the wrong way but i told this lady i worked with yesterday i was like you either like me or you don't like me it's no in between it's no oh it's like you either okay here come eric what are you gonna be what are you gonna do today and you know so just different stuff like that uh <laughs> that i come up with and it, and i know other people in the world think like that and i and i think when you're creating stuff you can't get caught up in your area you can't mm-hmm. get caught up in your friends or family or whatever it is you got to think man there's millions of people on the earth i know there's some people that think like this i know it is i ain't the only person that think like this so that's kind of um that's how i've been taking speaking to like yeah. I've, i had to go back into my bag and be like okay when i was a kid what would i want it somebody to come in and talk about her how would I want them how do I want them to present and it's like okay I, I kind of see how it is and you gotta just you gotta know your audience that, that's kind of the thing knowing right. your audience everybody not gonna wear a lovable asshole shirt. <laughs> uh, this shirt I got one that says uh sometimes I cuss but God still answers those prayers I mean everybody don't cuss when they pray some people do true, true. You know that's just just the gist of life everybody's different if we all were the same it'd be boring yeah i i love um i love how you you're making your life yours and not trying so much to to fit into something and kind of to a point that you made earlier about it being easier to speak to strangers than it is your own family one thing that i'm recognizing and learning is um how to be unattached and i guess it's easier to speak to a stranger because they don't have the history of you, like knowing you from your past, even as you're, as you may be trying to become someone else. And I think I heard someone say that instead of telling someone you want to show them, it's like someone's more likely to believe your actions than your words. And like they would do in a movie is if someone would rather be shown something than have to hear the narration about what happened, because it's like, I came here to watch a movie. I didn't come here to read a book or be read to. 
Yeah. And that's that's how speaking is. You can't tell your story. You have to show your story. Mm. And I learned that is 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 very. So I'm trying I was trying to think of a quick, short story to kind of like give you an example. So, um, OK, I got so I kind of live in the hood. Right. Mm. And my, my neighbor next door is a crackhead. So he just be outside messing with people and people be upset. And they be wanting to fight him. That's just me telling you the story. Now this, so I'm walking to the gas station and I see him talking to himself and he turned around, he's talking to somebody. And so as I go in the gas station, I hear the delivery man say, man, this is a crazy guy out there. He was messing with me while I was doing that. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. And we all know who it is in this area. And people that's in the area understand, just don't pay him no attention. The difference with, you know, kind of the story, I didn't go, I didn't pick a good one, but it's like, I told you, okay, I got a crazy guy next door to me. He messes with people. Now I told you exactly. I'm walking to the store. I see it. Now you can be like, oh, I I didn't walk to the store and see the crazy person. You can Mm -hmm. relate where we show rather than just tell body. That makes sense. One thing with being a speaker, you got to be able to tell a story all the time. My, mm. my kids hate it. Like, why do you always <laughs> got to turn something into a, or like, I just work on telling a story. Mm. I just work. And I think you said earlier something about comedians. I watch comedians. Yeah. I heard a speaker say, watch comedians because they got kind of the hardest job. You got to make people laugh like that. It's no online or any of that. And it's like, as you watch them, you, they help you tell a story. One day, I'm not going. I'm not going to say I'm going to be a comedian, but I'm going to do uh, uh, what's it called, an amateur night. Yeah, the op- think, yeah, I'm open the mic. To, yeah, I'm going to do an amateur. That's one of the like bucket. I got a couple bucket lists that I that just something for me personally that I want to do. But I definitely want to do an amateur night. I think I'm funny enough <laughs> to at least do amateur night. Nothing long term. <laughs> yeah, I think you should give it a shot. And one thing I like that you said was you. Being a creative, you have to, you can't get caught up in what it is that you're trying to create. You've got to just allow yourself to do what it is that you want to do. And I I think that's a great point because too many times I've felt, I've found myself wanting to make something so good or so perfect that I kind of lose sight of the process of doing that. Like, Like you're talking about storytelling. It's, I could tell you a story exactly like you were saying, where you just highlight this is what happened rather than show you this is what happened. And, and you mentioning that it's like, huh, maybe that's that's something I can use now to practice like telling myself stories or like trying to find stories in, in my day to day to just liven up the day, so to speak, and not not um, not make not make it too stiff. Just kind of give it some wiggle room and be like, okay, like you could kind of relax your shoulders a little bit. You'll be good. Yeah, that's what's up. So what what's um, the rest of 2022 looking like for you, or or what's this year been? What's the experience of 2022 been like for you? Um, so the, I'll go with the experience and then with the rest of the year. So with this year. It's been a challenge because I was a preschool teacher. I was a, I worked in special education. I switched over right in the summer. So I had my own class. Mm-hmm. And little four-year-olds, they, them, them, them jokers, they they will test you. They will they will test you and you have to you have to be a parent too. I had to understand like I gotta go in dad mode. So this job um that I've had has been very challenging because it was something new and I had my own class, so I gotta come up with curriculum. And then I got to realize these jokers don't know some stuff. 
Like, it ain't like I gotta be, I'm like, okay, y'all know this, y'all know how to write, y'all know how to do this, y'all know how to count. No, they don't know it. So it was like, it was very challenging. Um, but I was a part of my first fashion show, which I had a, a experience with that because the clothes that I ordered for some reason didn't get to bike. It was just cause I have an online store. So I didn't physically make anything. So that was a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, I, I went on a date with a person that I really wanted to go on a date. I don't know if she'll listen to this. Uh, I'm gonna maybe <laughs> send it to her and she'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a person that like, I kind of like, been, I don't know, it's some you ever, everybody's met that person, it's just something about them, you don't know them yet, it's like, they're attractive to you, but you don't know, it's just something about them that kind of like, I want I want to get to know this person, it, it's like that. So, um, what else was happening this year? Um, my son kind of, uh, he kind of was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for you to kind of help me with basketball too. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you sure, sure? Cause I'm like, I know you love me as your dad, but you're going to hate me as your trainer. <laughs> so just being able to work with him and playing basketball, like actually going to the park and we playing two on two versus other people. Mm. Like that's, that's probably the dopest thing. I think that was been the dopest thing to me just cause I didn't have that. Like nobody took me to the park. I went by myself. So just to go to the park and now he's at the age where he's not there to play with grown people, but kids, I'm, yeah. he gonna play. Yeah. So just that part. Um, now I just, I'll start a new job at the, um, I started a new job next month. So for this school year coming up, I'll be at a new place. Yeah. Um, I'll be a kindergarten teacher. So it's, it's a little better and it's, and it, it's more structured. It's a lot better at the place that I'm going. And the reason I went, because it pays more but just that challenge um and then getting back into speaking and keeping the podcast rolling i think for the podcast i'm gonna um get back on video um because i i haven't got a chance like with my work schedule haven't got a chance to really um get my laptop fixed so i'm just gonna do streaming and get video um so my focus is speaking being a better dad um i got a couple of personal goals that i want to um, knock off but really just get back on that horse of speaking because i'm because it's i'm sure it's the same thing with you you've seen people when you started off in the communities and you like okay we kind of the same thing and now they way up here and you still kind of like you're climbing but your climb is a little slower you like yeah. Okay, they're making that bag. I, it ain't even about the bag, but it's just like because you understand when you get to a certain bag, it makes you a certain person. So it's like, man, I gotta really get on it because I've seen people from the first my first BU meeting, and I've seen a couple people that I still remember, and they they doing their thing, and it's like, okay, I I, I gotta get there. Like uh, my pastor says, if your neighbor's getting blessed, you are gonna get blessed, and just knowing that these people are, just keep going. So that's kind of the that's it. I, I got six the six months left. I told my my best friend, I said, bro, it's, it's go time. Like we gotta knock out some of these bad habits. We got to focus um, on what we want to do because <clears throat> I, I, I watch podcasts and listen to stuff where people are talking about making 50000 in a day, 50000 in a month. You know, you work at, I work at a school mm-hmm. about that year. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't want that. Like nothing against anybody that works a nine to five or anything. That's just not for me. That's just how I've always thought. So it's really to get to that point where I can say, I'm done with, with working. Like I'm not, I'm never going to be done with schools because that's where I'm going to be working, yeah. working at. But just being a teacher, I, that's the goal. I don't, I don't know if it'll necessarily happen this year, but who knows? Cause I wasn't even expecting this new job. So who mm. knows what God got in store, but I'm just going to keep being consistent on what I've do, been doing um, and not,
knock out some of these bad habits and add them with some good habits. Yeah. I, I like what you said about um, just being consistent because I, I think that's, that's been a big key. And also um, just also learning to not look to the left and to the right, because everyone's kind of moving at their own pace. But I, I think it's good to just keep doing what you're doing because it, it's it's easy to get distracted watching what someone else is doing. And to your point, I think it, it makes sense because I, I think sometimes we can get lost in what the goal is and not being able to appreciate what's what's in front of us or to quote uh, Brian Keefe. I was listening on the line yesterday and there <clears throat> he was encouraging guys to pay attention to what's in your hands and not look so much to what someone else has in their hands. But I like, I like that, that summary, like hearing about you getting a chance to go out and play with your son and also teaching the kindergarten kids and realizing like, Oh, they don't, they don't know how to do this. So maybe I've got to change the way I'm going to approach them or how I might be teaching them. So that that's dope, man. That's really cool. Appreciate it. how can people get in touch with you or just find what you're doing and be able to even book you? Um, on Instagram, Eric Jones Jr. Speaks. Um, and that's Eric, Eric with a C, yeah, not a K. Yeah, Eric is, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say Even though like on, our, on the message, it says, you know, my name, because I, I, I definitely understand because uh, having a podcast, yeah, people's names are, yeah. So um, with my podcast, you can, um, it's Underdog Talk, and it's spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G. Talk on Instagram and on Facebook. Eric Jones Jr. on LinkedIn and Eric Jones Jr. on Facebook. Um, I, I would say go to uh Go to Instagram first so you can see what I look like and then you'll be able to pick because Eric Jones Jr. is very a very similar name in the world. Uh, so I don't want you to pick the wrong Eric Jones Jr. because he might not be like me. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And one more question I have for you is, are you still who you said you were? All right, repeat it. Are you still who you said you were from the question yeah. I asked you at the start of the podcast? Yeah, I'm still Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the royal heart. That's what's up. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for uh, having me on your show and uh, thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome.